Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Oh, yeah! <clears throat> Ladies... And gentlemen, goalies from around the world, welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. I am your host, Coach Damon Wilson. And if you're new to this show, let me break it down for you. We are about one thing, lacrosse goalies. And on this show, it is my job to interview the top goalies in our sport, the top coaches, special guests, to understand what exactly makes them great in the crease and in life. What are things that they have in your game, in their game, whether that be a mental mindset, some drills that they do, the way they approach a situation? What are those things that they have that they use that you can steal and incorporate into your own game? My guest this week is one of the greats, one of the most highly decorated lacrosse goalies. It is number 91, Jack Kelly. He won a, U- a gold medal with Team USA in 2000. 18, injured in the second game of the tournament, but really provided that emotional leadership that we talk about uh, in this show. He was the nation's most outstanding goalie in 2016 at Brown University, first team All-Ivy, two-time USILA All-American, holds the career record with 673 saves at Brown He was the MLL Goal Attender of the Year in 2017 and rookie of the year in 2016, winning a national championship with the Denver Outlaws. He's now in the PLL with the Redwoods. You're going to love this episode with Jack Kelly. He's a great guy, a great goalie, and just a wealth of knowledge at this position. So please enjoy this episode with Jack Kelly. Before we start this episode with Jack Kelly, I want to read a word from our sponsor. And that is, of course, my own online Lax Goalie Rat Camp. And I want to tell you a story. I remember when I was first starting to play goal, I gave up a lot of goals. I was no good. But then at one point, after practicing and learning technique and getting some actual coaching, things started to click for me. And I had a game where I was just seeing beach balls, as we like to say. That is to say, every shot that came at me seemed extremely big and extremely slow. And I was making tons of saves all game, And after the game, the team ran up to me, swarmed the goalie, gave me pats on the head, gave me pats on the back, and I got the game ball. And what a great feeling that is. And that's what I want for you guys. I don't want the feelings of fear. I want that feeling of dominating the game, of confidence, of your teammates running up, surrounding you after the game, and giving you love. And that's why I put together the Lax Goalie Rat Camp, to give you the tools that you need to understand what's going on, to know what you need to train, the techniques, the mindsets you need to have. It's available at laxgoalyrat.com slash goal. That's laxgoalyrat.com slash goal. Jack Kelly, welcome to the show. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. I'm really excited to, to chat with you. I mean, one, one of the more decorated goalies uh, in our sport today. Uh, but before we get you know, into kind of your training routine and some of the tips that, that you have. I always like to start way back at the beginning. Do you remember your, your first time in goal? What's that story? Um, yeah, sure. I think I can get into it. I don't know if I remember specifically the first time I got into the crease playing goalie, but I mean, I started playing lacrosse at I think first or second grade. Um, and I just absolutely loved the sport. Um, and I, I played every single position. Um, uh, I mostly played midfield and attack, but it was at, at the time, um, the goalies weren't allowed to play the full game. So you had to have two guys who switched at halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't remember exactly why or, or how I got thrown into the goalie position, I think, cause no one else wanted to do it and get hit by the ball. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I started doing it for for a half and I just fell in love with it nice and at what point did it really 
click for you? At what point did you start to realize, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at saving these shots being fired at me? I think fifth or sixth grade was when I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm pretty good at this. Um, you know, I was really fortunate um, enough in my whole career, career really, um, you know, my dad was my coach um, and I had, uh, you know, a goalie coach even when I was in, in elementary school, I had uh, this guy by the name of John Calamari, who was a neighbor of mine and friend with his son. And he coached with my dad um, and he played lacrosse goalie um, at all different levels. So I was really fortunate where, you know, I had really good training from a very young age. So I think about like fifth or sixth grade um, kind of got the sense that all my friends thought I was really good. And, and, you know, it just started to come a lot easier for me. Uh, so probably, probably around then when I was like, okay, this is my position and, uh, you know, this is where it's going to go. Yeah. One of the questions parents ask me all the time is like, at what age should their kids start get coaching? Uh, and I, I always say that, like, I mean, if you can afford it, like as young as possible, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's, that's one of the issues. Um, I, you're right. I think as early as possible, um, is the most ideal, scenario but i know that there aren't a lot of goalie coaches out there um yeah. so finding someone is kind of a blessing um and then kind of the cost aspect of it so um you know as early as possible i i remember going to to clinics but they they weren't super position specific um and it's kind of where the sport has gone you see it in the face-off position um, yeah. you see much more specialized coaching everywhere um so yeah i mean as early as possible going and learning from you know, the best players, the best coaches um, in the world, I think is, is critical to, to development. And yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're doing goalie specific training in elementary school, I mean, that's amazing, but I also think it's huge for, for kids to kind of play all positions and learn the game more. Yeah, I totally agree as well. I started at MIDI myself. Um, sounds like you did, you did as well way, way back in first grade, but yeah, you just learn the stick skills, you learn the game. Uh, and you, you, you use that when you're a goalie, just understanding with your lacrosse IQ, like where people need to be and where you're going to see the shots from and, and, and all, all that stuff. So, yeah, definitely important. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, one of, one of the things I pride myself on is lacrosse IQ. And where did I develop that? That was from playing other positions um, all over the field. So, um, you know, playing the other positions I think is huge. And it's, it's something that – the sport is really getting away from at, at, at much younger levels, which is kind of sad to see. But um, if you can get that goalie training at a, at a young age, I think it should be, uh, you know, part of the training. But like I said, playing all those positions is, is really important and other sports too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So when you were a youth goalie, uh, were, there, were there some like problems or sticking points that you remember? Like were you scared of the ball, uh, trouble stepping or anything that you had to work through at a young age that you recall? Um, I think being scared of the ball is something that every goalie deals with at some point. I mean, I, I think that some goalies, even now, even myself, deal with it. Um, when you see, you know, a long pole <laughs> coming at you at, um, you know, at the two-point arc with nobody even near him, you know that ball's coming 100-plus miles an hour at you. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's definitely a little scary. Um, and you'll see a lot of guys, um, and, and it's the toughest thing to fight at the, at the elite level and, and, you know, the college level is, you'll see guys kind of bending their knees and they kind of start sinking down and all that is, you know, a fear response. Yeah. Um, so battling that I think is, is definitely something that's not just unique to, to younger goalies, but um, I think that happens even, even today uh, at, at every level. I think every pro guy right now would tell you that, that there, you know, there are times where, you know, this, this gets a little scary when, even though they don't want to admit it. Um, totally. But yeah, that, that was probably at a, at a young age, that was probably the toughest part. Um, and then I, I think this, the stick skills with the goalie stick was something that was difficult at a young age. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think the, the, the sticks are much lighter um, and they're much easier, you know, to handle when you're younger, if you're, you're, you're an attackman or, or you're a midi. Uh, so getting used to the weight of the stick and, and just, how a goalie stick throws and, and doing it comfortably, I think took a long time. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that just makes, you know, 
the, the practice that, you know, I had and, and the focus on that just made me so a, a much better player overall. Yeah, that is interesting. We'll, we'll talk about your style a little bit later, but I mean, like your transition game is one, I would say one of your stronger aspects of your game. And it's interesting to that you're like that, that was one of the areas I struggled with in the very beginning. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's something that, you know, playing, like I said, the other positions helped me with a lot. Mm-hmm. It's just being comfortable at throwing in, in, in all different angles, all different, you know, um, hand positions on the stick um, and even lefty and righty throwing on the run. So that's kind of when I'm teaching younger goalies is, is to just kind of get more comfortable throwing uh, in different positions, whether, you know, you're, you're moving, whether, you know, you're backpedaling or, or you're stationary throwing around people. I think um, stick skills are so important um, and just make you a more confident goalie. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Cause I mean, like a lot of the stick skills is how you make a save, you know, how you catch like a, a bad pass to your off stick side is the same handwork and same motion of how you make an off stick hip save. So a lot of it is, is like completely translatable. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Go, going back to the, to, to that fear response, I, I think it's nice to see some of the elite goalies in our game and the PLL uh, and, and yourself, you start to wear like at least some leg pads, like, you know, they got a little like leg pad, sh- uh, shin pad, like on maybe on the off stick hip shin. Um, it's just great to see that. And I'm curious if you, if you see that expanding even more. So you're saying wearing more padding on your yeah, lower just, body. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it took, like, I've worn um, in the past, like, in practice, I wear a much bigger cup. Um, I definitely, so I, what I thought um, was was really helpful for me is they have those compression shorts that have, like, the football thigh pads built in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wore that for college, and I think my first couple of years playing pro, and then it, it ripped and I never got a new one. Um, <laughs> so I, I think guys, you know, you see it now. Um, I think that's more for cur- injuries that have happened that guys are protecting. I haven't I seen you. a ton of guys, you know, uh, preemptively wearing, you know, shin pads or, or anything like that. Um, but I've definitely worn stuff, you know, I, the key is to be, is to be nimble and, and, and feel light, um, and not feel constricted. Um, so I, for me, the compression shorts with the built-in small thigh pads, which just alleviated some of the, the blow from the, um, from the shots, right. uh, is definitely something that I, that I really enjoyed wearing. I, I got to get back to that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think guys are wearing, you know, padding like that after they have an injury and trying to protect it. Gotcha. Every goalie plays, you know, a little bit of a different style just in terms of their arc play, for step on a 45 versus lateral stance like how would you describe you know your style of goalie play um so from an arc perspective i probably play like a, a medium arc um you know I, I don't play too far out and i i don't like having my heels on the goal line um and i think it's it's so funny i don't think style makes a good goalie right you have a guy like um you know one of my former teammates who's an unbelievable goalie in Dylan Ward. And, you know, you watch some of these games and he's, he's literally outside of the crease after he finishes his step. Yeah. Um, and then you see the other guys, you know, with their heels on, on the goal line, trying to react more. Um, so I put, probably play somewhere in between um, like a, a, a mid arc. And then I guess overall style, I would just call my style unorthodox. Um, <laughs> it's for me, for me, uh, you know, I, I have, trouble at times teaching younger goalies because you know i think of the way that i play and it's like oh yeah probably don't do that um try to do it this way um you know the the you know the step gather step and the, the perfect steps head over the ball but a lot of times you know i i don't do that and i'm able to make saves mm-hmm. um so i practice that a lot but but when it actually comes to a game i i my philosophy is kind of if if it, if it doesn't go in the net right it doesn't matter how it gets done yeah. Um, so, you know, I go to my knee a lot. I play really low to the ground um, in a deep squat position. I can explode up. Um, and a lot of times I take really big steps depending on the field. And sometimes I'm stepping more laterally depending on the, the type of shot. So definitely unorthodox. It's my, my philosophy is 
you know, just don't let it go in the net. And, and if you can, you, you can make that happen, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Well, it's a good philosophy, <laughs> especially, especially <laughs> for a lacrosse goalie, huh? Um, yeah. I was going to comment on the, on the sort of the wide base, deep squat stance. Is that, is that something you, that's sort of uh, like you adapted into, or did you always play like that? Definitely something that developed once I got to college more. Um, I mean, I had one of the best goalie coaches of all time, Kip Turner, um, for four years when I was at Brown. He's, you know, not only an amazing person and an amazing um, coach overall, but he's just, he's such a good player and such a good goalie coach. Um, so it's funny. I was actually looking at a couple of pictures the other day that I had um, from my stance in high school. I was just going through my phone and I, I played very upright um, and stiff and it, it, it just, didn't really work for me. Um, you know, but you see guys like, you know, John Galloway who play very straight up, not really, you know, in a deep squat. Um, and that works for him. He's an amazing goalie. So I, I just, I guess I developed to be much more comfortable with my natural, you know, body. So I stand with my feet, you know, pointing outwards a little bit. And I was always afraid of, you know, not getting to balls that were going through my legs or, or low shots. Um, so I thought if I was in a more athletic position, uh, I could make more saves. And I think I have quick enough hands where, you know, I can get, I can, I can explode upwards, um, and make those saves up top on the high to high shots. So it was definitely something that, you know, it, it was a little bit of, this is what's comfortable for me. This is what's natural for me. Yeah. And a little bit of adapting, um, you know, to my ability, um, with, you know, quick hands and then, being flexible and nimble and getting to low shots. So it was a little bit of both. It's something I kind of, I didn't think about too much. I just wanted to be comfortable. And that's what I tell goalies all the time is it doesn't matter. Right. And I said style before, you know, it doesn't really make a good goalie. Um, I just want guys to be comfortable because if you're not comfortable, you know, you're thinking about other things as opposed to saving the ball. Yeah. That's a great point. That's a great point. Yeah. There's so many, so many like coaching elements that you can give a goalie, but at the end of the day, like they just need to react and get that all out of their head and kind of rely on that coaching. Um, yeah, definitely. And I, you know, I've seen, I've seen guys go from, from the high school level to the college level um, and they get a coach or a goalie coach. Um, a lot of times it's a coach who's never played goalie, but you know, as a defensive coach um, and you know, their coach makes them play a certain way stylistically whether it's you know playing more upright um hand positioning um and and i i always thought that that was that was that was a really bad uh, philosophy to have as a coach and i've seen it happen a, a bunch of times um so what i always preach is just being comfortable um and like i said if you make the save it doesn't really matter how you do it um so i, I definitely think that you know there's a, there's a, a downside of of being taught a certain way when you get to a certain level. Um, so yeah, just like I said, being really comfortable and, and playing the way that your body allows you to and, and what works best for you is, is, is definitely the key. Yeah, definitely. Well, I had Kip Turner on the show. Uh, great guy. Episode, episode 21. And he has definitely one of the, the more interesting stances I've ever seen, but if it's comfortable, it works, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, and I, you know, I've watched him play a ton. Um, and it's funny, he plays, you know, he plays similar to me, really low and he keeps his hands, you know, um, outwards a little bit, you know, off to the side and, and really high up. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there are some pictures where from a, you know, lower body perspective, me and Kip look very similar. Yeah. I was going to uh, say that. So maybe I did get that from him and I didn't even realize, but, um, <laughs> cause he was my coach for, for four years. So, um, he, he's amazing. Uh, and he's an amazing player. Yeah. Besides Kip, uh, who, who are some other guys, some other goalies that, um, I don't know if they're idols, but people that you looked up to and people that you learned from? Oh, that is a good question. Um, I watched Sal Acasio, um a, a lot when mm -hmm. he was playing um, at UMass and then when he was playing for the Saints because um, I'm from Long Island, so not too far away. Uh, and always loved his style of play and his grittiness. And I, you know, I think I went to a couple of camps when I was younger and he was one of the coaches. Um, 
Tillman Johnson from UVA was always someone that I wanted to be. Um, I forget what year it was, but I think they were in the national championship. They're playing on a grass field and he was just, it was terrible conditions that I'll never forget. He was on the cover of, I think it was inside lacrosse at the time. Um, you know, and he, he had such an unbelievable game. Um, that might've been like 2002 or three, like some, can't remember the exact year, but uh, those guys. Those people that, I, made, I made a save. I made a save edit of that exact game. I'll send it to you. It's it's awesome. Just making making. Yeah, I, I would love. Uh, yeah, I would love to rewatch that. I, I got to check it out. Yeah, I mean, I just remember, um, you know, he was just such. He was a game changer. I think both of those guys were. They were they were the type of player that, you know, um, if if they were facing an opponent. Um, that overmatched them, which really wasn't the case a lot, but it was, okay, we have this guy in net. Like if he makes X amount of saves, we'll, we'll have a really good chance to win the game. Um, and I, I just thought that that was so cool in, in the way that they were such valuable players to their team. Um, and, and even, even, you know, outside of the crease as well, uh, which is something I modeled my game off of a little bit. Yeah. Would you say that ability to take over a game is your favorite part of being a lacrosse goalie, or is there something else you would say for that answer? Oh, it's it, it definitely is. Uh, I think coupled with that is is the pressure. Um, I, I think I think it's such a unique a unique spot, right? So, you know, a, a lot of times it's wow, Jack had a great game, that's why we won, or it's Jack didn't play so great, and it's a, a big reason why we lost. Uh, I think I personally kind of thrive in those situations um and it can be stressful it can be challenging but i think that's what makes the goalie position so amazing and so unique um you know i I don't think there aren't many sports where where that's the case um and there's so much pressure on one player um to consistently at a really high level um you know save the ball and and play such a an impactful role so, um, yeah, I definitely, the, the way that you can change a game and, and the pressure is, is uh, are two things that I, I just absolutely love about the position. Yeah, me too. I, I'm curious, what is your approach to dealing with that pressure? How, how do you go about um, dealing with it? Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to being, to being comfortable and being prepared. Um, you know, I, I was, and I didn't realize this, and I wish someone had told me this uh, earlier in my career, I didn't realize, uh, you know, a lot of the, the game, right. I, I like to say is, is played out on the practice field. Um, you know, I, I used to put so much stake in, in those, in those, those few moments where the ball is coming at me and I would, I would put a lot of pressure on myself to, to make the perfect save and make the save every time. But I think the being comfortable one, um, comes from your preparation throughout the week, watching film, um, having people shoot on you um, that are similar to the shooters that you're going to face in the game. Um, in college, that's a lot easier because you have, you know, scouting reports and you've played with guys for, um, or and against guys for four, three plus, four plus years. Um, so I think my approach to the pressure is to, you know, prepare as best as I can for, the actual game and the people that I'm going to see. And then on game day, it's really just relaxing and finding, finding a place where, um, you know, you, you don't overhype yourself and, or you're not too low. Um, just kind of even keel. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, your training regimen. I know, you know, everyone who's watched you watch you go through the injury, uh, I guess first ha- how's the knee and then, too you know what what are you doing to 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 train these days yeah i mean my knee's getting better it's definitely been a long um a long year i mean even a little more than that and uh i'm, I'm definitely on the mend which is great and it's unfortunate that i didn't get to play um for the redwood this year um but i'm, I'm getting better for sure and i've always mm-hmm. said that i want to come back when i'm ready um and physically and mentally ready it is important to me and i at this point, I just didn't feel um, like I was. So I wasn't, I didn't want to put myself in a position where I wasn't comfortable stepping on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now I'm really focusing on just getting my strength back um, and really strengthening my knee. Um, so I'm in a good spot um, come the fall and come the winter. 
um, as the Team USA stuff starts to kick up, um, and then focusing on uh, on the next season. Yeah, that's great. Um, what so for the for the strength stuff? Is it is it like squats, weightlifting? Or is it more like uh, athletic band work, uh, jump rope? Like what what kind of stuff do you do to train? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's more body weight stuff and, you know, lighter weight, higher reps kind of gotten away from, you know, the heavy squat, the heavy bench, Mm -hmm. um, the heavy leg press. I just feel like that it's, it's worked for me the way that I'm doing it now. Um, so really I'm still in a phase of really just trying to strengthen my, my knee before, you know, I really ramp up training, uh, you know, and doing more intense stuff um, and more of a holistic body approach. So I'm still at a phase where, you know, I'm really focusing on, on the knee that I injured um, and then we'll ramp up from there. But it's definitely a, uh, a higher in, higher intensity, lower weight, higher rep um, type regimen. Cool. What about like goalie specific drills? Are there, are there some drills that you like to do or maybe when you're, when you're working with kids, like, specific drills that you like to put them through? Yeah. I mean, I, I have a ton. Um, I guess I, if I describe them, I don't know if I'll be the best at it, but I, I, I like to, to when I, when I'm doing trainings to, to isolate different things. And what I mean by that is, you know, I'll start with, you know, a warm up um, and, and getting the feet going, getting the hands going um, and then doing just hand eye coordination type drills, right? Whether it's ball toss, or, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, or different, uh, different hand-eye drills, and then uh, isolating the feet and working on stepping, working on saving the ball with your feet. Uh, and this is usually without a stick. Um, and then I like to kind of bring those together um, and, and do regular shots and and combine the fundamentals from isolating the hands, isolating the feet, bringing it all together towards the end and, um, you know, really doing what you do in the cage is, is save the ball. Right. <clears throat> right. Building up, building up to those saves. Yeah. I like to do that as well. Um, get, get everything moving, get everything warmed up uh, and then, and then build up to just taking shots and making saves. Yeah. I think it's really important. I, I mean, I, I know a lot of times that uh, especially younger goalies that they're at, you know, they're on a summer team with, with three goalies or, you know, they're on a high school team where they're not playing a lot and they're not getting those reps. Uh, so yeah, the fundamental drills are, are really good, but doing what you're actually going to be doing in a game is, I, is the most important thing. So it kind of goes back to the philosophy of, you know, it doesn't really matter how it's done as long as it gets done and, and, and the ball is going net. Yeah. You went through a stretch where you were the backup goalie um, for your high school team. And then, and then a little bit at Brown, how exactly did you handle that situation, you know, continuing to pr- improve while, while not getting the starts? Yeah, I mean, it, when I was in high school, I had um, a great goalie in front of me. He's a good friend of mine, Kyle Turry. Um, he went on to Duke and had a great career there, um, won a national championship with them. And I, I was always in a position, so I was one year below him. I was always in a position where I kind of knew what my situation was. So I had to find other ways. Um, to differentiate myself and whether that was in practice, um, you know, playing really well, or I put a lot of, um, you know, a lot of effort into and focus into, into the summer ball. Um, So recruiting was a little different than it than it is right now. Um, It was a little less intense and I only played on my high school summer team. Um, You know, so I didn't play club. So I really had to shine in those moments, which I think kind of goes back to, thriving in high pressure situations, uh, which is what I love about the game. So I was kind of doing what I, you know, what got me into the position anyway. Um, So I I really put a lot of faith in my high school coaches. Um, Coach Turry, who was our defensive coach, um, who's an amazing person and and one of the best coaches I've ever had. And then Scott Craig, who, who, you know, is is just absolutely phenomenal. I'm still close with him now. you know, I put a lot of faith in them to prove myself in practice and they would communicate that and get me and help get me recruited. Um, so I kind of always knew the situation, which, you know, a lot of goalies aren't in a position where that's the case. They kind of go into every practice, not knowing or every game, not knowing, you know, if they're going to get a start or, you know, they're not, 
you know, they're not going to be playing at all for a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden they're thrown into it. So I kind of knew, I knew I'd get a couple starts my, my junior year and my sophomore year on the varsity level. I had a couple. Um, and I, I just knew that that was the situation. So when the time came, I had to prove myself and then had a great, uh, great senior year. Awesome. Yeah. What is your approach to leadership when you join a new group of guys? So you get to Brown, um, you know, obviously goalie is a position of leadership, um, you know, if you're not a natural leader, you're going to learn that, 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 that skill just, just because of the nature of the position. But I'm curious what your approach is, you know, when you join a new group of guys at Brown or when you join a new group of guys with the Redwoods, what, what's your approach to leadership? Yeah, I think that's a really, really good question. And obviously the, the position just lends itself um, to, to a leadership position on the field and off the field. But mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think the way that I, that I approach leadership and, and the best leaders that I've seen are always someone um, who is a really good listener. Um, I think the work kind of speaks for itself and the play speaks for itself and being able to listen and understand people and what they need, what their wants are, um, and how, you know, you can react to that and how you can provide value is, is, is crucial. So, you know, I've always said that the, the product on the field will take care of itself. But if I can be, you know, an amazing teammate um, and, and I can listen to people and I can articulate, you know, how they're feeling to others, um, I think, you know, y- you can be a good leader. So I think definitely being, being a really good listener is, is the, you know, the best quality um, that you can have. Interesting. What, what's an example of that? Like be, being a good listener and then, and then, you know, in the lacrosse uh, realm, I guess. Sure. Yeah. I think, you know, I think a lot of younger goalies and, and you still see it today um, at the pro level, you know, you watch guys every single weekend at the college level um, and they, it feels like, you know, they let up a goal and the first thing that happens is, you know, they're pointing outwards towards the defense and yeah. they have a complaint and, and don't get me wrong. I do that as well sometimes too. Um, but, you know, with certain guys, you'll, you'll see it a lot more. And I, you know, when I was younger, I, I would do that a lot. I think goalies in elementary school and middle school, they don't know how to handle, um, you know, that pressure. And, and it's always, well, it's not my fault. So I've kind of, you know, have a philosophy of like, I can't, I'm never going to be a hundred percent. Right. So how do I figure out how to, you know, get as close as possible to that? Uh, and I think it's a team effort, right, on the defensive end. So I think, you know, when it comes to listening is, hey, if a guy gets beat, why wasn't a slide there, right? And a lot of times goalies can see it, but it's great to understand why a teammate wasn't there or why, you know, this happened or, you know, why, you know, other things on the field happened. So, and then you can communicate that and, and fix it. Uh, so, you know, I, I think just talking to your defense and then understanding situations, right, and being able to problem solve is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, a great teammate you are. I mean, we, we haven't played together, but I, I want to read a quote from uh, Tom Schreiber, who uh, uh, tweet, I should say, after the, um, you know, after the World Games, he said, something on my mind since returning home, Jack Kelly's contributions post-injury. His energy, focus, and mental toughness were contagious down the stretch, made himself as valuable as anyone on the field, truly the epitome of a great teammate, uh, which are just, I mean, kinder words could not be said. So that, that is really awesome. Yeah, um, that quote definitely means a lot to me. Um, and it came at, you know, such a difficult time um, in my lacrosse career, but also, you know, in my life with what happened. So. Um, you know, I still have that quote hanging up on my wall. Um, and Tom is, is an unbelievable teammate as well, an unbelievable person. Um, I don't think there's one guy who has something bad to say about Tom Shriver. So it, it was really nice for him to say that. Awesome. Um, you know, and, and it, it came, it was a weird time, right? It, it ha- my injury happened a week into probably the pinnacle of, you know, my career and everyone's goal. So I, I didn't, you know, I was there with the team and I, I was so fortunate to be there. Um, so I, I really just, you know, I couldn't provide value on the field. So I tried to, 
you know, provide value in other ways and just, and just be positive in a, in a very, um, a very shitty situation. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about each one of those. So, because the, the energy, the focus and the mental toughness, um, what, you know, how, how do you, it seems like you bring a lot of energy to your game. Would you say like a high energy goalie is like a part of your game and how do you go about doing that? Yeah, definitely. I think, I think it all comes from, uh, you know, a place of passion for the sport and, and for my teammates and, and for the position. Um, I've always played uh, in a way that I, I'm, I'm vocal um, and it just, it came natural to me. And, you know, I just absolutely loved playing lacrosse and being on the field. So uh, the energy piece is something that, you know, I don't really think about it. It's just kind of who I am on the field. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's just so your passion for I, the game, it, you know, coming out naturally. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's, I think it's contagious. Right. And I mean, I think when I'm, you know, upbeat and positive, I think my defense is upbeat and positive. Um, and when I'm, you know, I'm down and negative, right. Those guys don't want to talk to me. They, you know, which, which leads to worse outcomes on the field. So it all goes back to listening um, you know, if, if guys don't want to say anything to me, how are we going to, you know, fix problems that are happening on the field? Um, so I think energy and, and attitude is really contagious on the field. Um, so I think, like I said, it comes from a place of passion and just absolutely love the sport, love the position. Um, you know, and look, goalies are leaders on the field. We've, you know, we've, we've touched on that a little bit. So if, if guys are looking towards you, right. And you're, you know, providing a ton of energy. Those guys are going to give it back. Yeah, totally. How about focus? What, what does focus mean to you? Yeah. I mean, this is a, a huge part of the game. Um, obviously for, for, for the goalies. Um, so I, I never, I think I touched on it a little earlier as well as I never realized like just putting yourself in, in, in pregame in a position, um, you know, to be, like I said, comfortable, but also eliminate the noise that that's around you and just focus on each shot. And it doesn't matter what happens. Um, you know, if, if a ball goes in, right, you can't change that, but how do you, how do you make it better? So focusing on each shot, um, individually, um, I think is huge. And someone who taught me that, and I was very fortunate enough, um, to spend some time with him at Brown was, um, uh, Chris Buck, um, yeah, he has this book that I used to, you know, I used to read before games, and it was a, it was always a, a good reminder, um, of, you know, if you, like I said, if the ball goes in, right, it doesn't really matter. You got to focus on the next shot, um, and, and he he played an instrumental role in kind of eliminating the noise pregame in practice and on the field, um, and helping me helping me do that, um, and I think it just led to to you know, a, a great senior and junior season for myself personally. Um, but, you know, you also saw that with the team success and he helped a lot of other guys on the, on the team as well. So really uh, focus kind of comes down to eliminating the noise for me and just taking each and every defensive possession individually. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's much easier said than done. <laughs> unfortunately like you know it's it's easy to say i want to concentrate on every single shot and every single possession but you know you know the, the mental games that go on in goalie's head where you're still thinking about the previous shot or even like thinking ahead like man i hope i don't give up this goal or i'm going to look bad uh but you've really got to train yourself to live in the moment and just you know <laughs> live play by play yeah exactly and it's something i wish i learned when i was you know, you know, when I was in high school, I think it would have, if someone just kind of told me that, and I don't think, um, personally, I was mature enough at that time. I don't think a lot of guys are guys are just so concerned about, you know, their save percentage and being above 58% or 60% for the game in the season. Mm -hmm. And they put so much of their concentration focus on just that they don't, you know, see the bigger picture. And I, I don't, you know, one, it wasn't told to me in that way. And it wasn't explained to me. Um, and two, I, even if, you know, at some point it was, I just never, I never saw the big picture. So towards the end of my career at Brown, my last, you know, two and a half years when I was working with coach Buck, uh, I mean, he helped me tremendously. Um, 
And I think the biggest thing is his book goes into it a lot is it's just, it's some of the same concepts that you've heard um, or I have heard uh, at some point in my life, but he puts it in the context of the goalie and the crease. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's, it's an amazing book. He's an amazing coach and helped me out a lot. Yeah, I uh, have the book right here on my bookshelf, Mental Secrets uh, of Being a Lacrosse Goalie, Thinking Inside the Crease. Um, yeah. I'll link up to that. I had him on the show. <laughs> and yeah, he's, he's the real deal. So uh, yeah, yeah, awesome. Uh, the final piece I want to chat about then is one of my, mo- my uh, favorite topics, and that is the mental toughness. Um, so I guess, what does that mean to you? And you know, how do you go about building mental toughness? Oh, yeah, this is this is a tough question. It's a really good question, though. Um, you know, I I think focus plays a lot into this. So I think they they you know they go hand in hand, and they're they're good that they're you know next to each other in your question. So um, I, I don't I don't I don't really know to be honest. You know, I, I think mental toughness and, and focus is something that develops over time. I don't think that you um, you know, you just wake up one day and it's like, I need to be tougher mentally and you, you do it. I think you practice it. I think it develops by putting yourself in different situations um, on the field and off the field. Um, and I think, you know, as guys get older and they get more mature, I think, like I said, they see the bigger picture. Um, but mental toughness, I think, is something that I prided myself on my, you know, my last two, three years at Brown. Um, and I think it's, it, it also is just being a calm presence, um, not letting things distract you, not letting things um, get in front of the ultimate goal of the game and the ultimate goal of each and every possession on the defensive end is to, to not let a goal in. Um, so I think, you know, preparation beforehand and focus, um, make you a, a mentally tougher goalie where, where things don't really waver you. Um, yeah. Whether it's a goal, whether it's someone in the stands, whether it's a player chirping on the field, um, being able to stay cool, calm, collected and, and focus on, on the task at hand is I, I think mental toughness. Yeah. That's a good answer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of the things I like there is, I mean, sometimes, you know, to get that mental toughness, like you have to go through it. You have to get that experience. Um you know, so like if you if you give up four goals in a row in a row, or you're going through a slump, you know you've been through this before, and you have like okay, like I'm not gonna freak out, like I'm gonna be cool, calm, and collected. I know what I need to do to stop this little mini run. I know what I need to do to get out of my slump, get get back to the basics. I know what drills, how I need to go about my game. But part of it is just you have to go through it to get that mental toughness. I think. Yeah, definitely. And it's, you know, whether it's on the field or, you know, I, it was, like I said, it was something I prided myself on, on the field. And then, you know, a significant injury happens and that, that challenges, you know, um, challenges you physically and mentally as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I see a lot too, and um, I think it plays into mental toughness and focus and, um, I'm going to give one of coach Buck's quotes away from the book. So I apologize in advance coach Buck, but, um, <laughs> I think, you know, you see a lot of guys, right, that they have to, they have these superstitions. Uh, They put their left shoe on before their right shoe. They have to, you know, make X amount of saves in pregame. And then if they don't, right, or, you know, they they put their right elbow pad on before their left, they're going to have a bad game. Um, And I, I, you know, I see it at the the professional level. um, And I used to do it uh, with certain things. you know, I'd have to, you know, make four saves, like I said, in pregame. And, and I think the superstition part is, is mental weakness. Um, and you see it a lot, especially with the goalies, is that guys feel like they have to get into a rhythm. So they have to make that first save or they have to make the first two saves in order to have a really good game. One of the quotes um, or the concepts from um, Coach Buck's book is that, you know, if you miss the first two out of ten free throws, right, you know, if you make the next eight and you go 80%, right, that's a really successful night, especially in the goal, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So I, I think that concept um, of, you know, 
getting to a rhythm and or superstitions is, is mental weakness. And you see a lot in the goal, um, especially you see it with faceoff guys too. Um, you know, so I think, you know, having a routine is good. Um, but, you know, not having to do something to have a great game um, is important. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Like if you feel you need to make, you know, the, the first save before you're any good, uh, then that then that's a huge problem. Because, uh, I mean, yeah, exactly. you know, you could go, you could have a horrible half and then totally turn it around and be and be lights out in the second half and still and still impact the game you could make a couple saves at the end of the game and still impact the game so you've got to remain you know mentally present and, and in there the whole time uh you mentioned- yeah for sure and it's, i think it's happened to everyone yeah go ahead i was gonna say you, you mentioned you'd have some routines uh do you have like a post goal routine or a pregame routine or what, what what were some of the routines you had? Um, I would say, so I would say for pregame, right. Is I think I've, I've harped on this a lot already is just getting to a place where you're comfortable and, and, and eliminating the noise. So I like to, to read before games. Um, for me, it was just a way to, um, you know, get my mind, uh, you know, away from the antics in the locker room, even though I think there's a time and a place and I love, you know, messing around with the guys and being part of the group. Um, before the game, you know, I liked to read. Um, and that was a good way of, like I said, just developing focus on something. Because um, at that point, you know, when you're in the locker room, you can't focus on the ball at all times. <laughs> um, so I like to listen to music too. Um, I've had probably the same playlist um, since high school. Uh, and yeah, I just really enjoy it. It puts me in a good mood and it relaxes me. So um, I've added a couple songs to it over over the years, but really the core songs are still there. What, um, what do we got? What, you got some Offspring on there? What, Blink-182? What, what are we dealing with? It, it really is a mix of a lot of things, um, but I think uh, we have some Jimmy Eat World on there. Me um, World? That's from like NHL. Yeah, that's from like NHL 2005, maybe. Um, that soundtrack was was amazing. So there are a couple songs on there, um, a little bit of rap, uh, more old school stuff. But um, at, at West Heist, one of the traditions in the locker room before every game was listening to mashup. It's uh, it's called Victory 2004. It's it's a mashup of a ton of different rappers. Um, so that's probably my favorite one on there. All right, I'll check that out. Um, one of the things that, uh, let's talk about post goal routine. Did, did you have like a, any, any sort of like specific routine you go through after giving up a goal? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it, it really starts with just talking to your defenseman and talking to everybody, mm-hmm. um, not just the long calls and the close D. Um, I, I forget who kind of told me this and, and, I, I bet you refs don't like me because of it, but I never get the ball out of the goal. <laughs> um, I, I like I don't I don't do it like consciously as a as a screw you to the refs, but you'll never see me really turn and, and, and rake um, to get the ball unless it's like right there. I, I'll help help the ref out, but my my focus was always you know that's somebody else's job and I have a job to do, and that's figure out what just happened and how do we prevent it. Right, so wasting time, you know, turning, raking, giving the ball to the ref, you know, you lose focus a little bit. Um, and my, my thing is to ball goes in that talk to the defense, what happened, what we need to do better, what I saw. And it goes back to listening um, and, and what the guys on the field saw uh, and why certain things happened because, you know, I can see it, but, you know, I'm not the one playing and, and living it, um, you know, outside of the crease. So it's, it's always good to, get with your defense right away, talk about what happened um, and see how we can fix it or make it better for the next defensive possession to, to not allow, allow a goal. Um, so yeah, that's really my focus after a, a goal goes in, um, you know, and it varies, right? Sometimes I get on the guys um, and sometimes I let them get on me uh, depending on the situation, but it's definitely just talking to your defense and figuring out one, what happened two what do we need to do? 
And three, what do we need to do consistently to prevent it from happening on the next possession? Yeah. Yeah, I'm really big on post-goal routines. And it's interesting you say uh, you never – you know, turn and rate because it's not like it's a rule. You don't you don't have to do that, right? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like I like like I said, I don't I, I don't do it as a like, you know, oh, you know, someone else would do that. And, right. You know, I, I don't. Yeah, your focus is on the team. More of a yeah, my focus is on the guys, you know, that are right in front of me and how we can be better. Um, you know, after we kind of talk about it, um, as the ball goes to the faceoff X, I like to usually take a sip of water playing in the summer. It's always really hot. Um, and then it's, you know, as the face-off guys are walking out, cause they usually do, um, you know, it's really just focusing on the ball before the whistle is blown. Um, and really just kind of getting back into a mindset of like, okay, next possession. Like I can't change what happened. Um, I can't, you know, take back that goal, mm-hmm. but you know, what I need to do is focus on the next one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I teach like post goal routines and it doesn't have to be the same thing for every goalie. Like I I talk about it a lot on this podcast about people's post goal routines, but I think you need something because just for young kids, it's so natural. Like when that ball goes over your shoulder and you know, it's a goal, it's so natural to just throw the palms up or immediately have this like negative body reaction. And that's such a, that's such a, a, a poor thing for your team. You know, like everyone's watching you in that moment. And if you display that negative body language, uh, you know, it's a huge win for the other teams. That's something I recommend people specifically train is to like, get that out. And it's still going to happen. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're athletes and of course times run on emotion, but like the, the, the less amount of times you can do it, the better. Yeah. And I, I think that's a really good point that you, you bring up. Right. And we talked about it a little bit, but the guys on a team or or everyone's watching you at that moment, really. Um, And when you react negatively, um, guys take notice of that guys kind of after, if you do it a lot, guys shut you out, right. They don't want to listen to you anymore. And that that just leads to a less cohesive defensive unit. So, you know, don't get me wrong. There are times to get on guys and there are times where you kind of just have to bite your tongue and be like, you know what, I should have had that one. And it's good to, you know, to tell your defense that, um, but yeah, I, I think you bring up a really good point of a of a post goal routine. I mean, you'll see it in other sports, um, a lot of individual sports like like golf, right? Tiger Woods hits a bad shot, um, you know, he slams his club, and then he curses and they bleep it out on TV. And, and but usually what happens is on that walk up to the next shot, he's kind of talking to himself, and by the time you know his caddy puts the bag down, and you know, he's ready for his next one. He's taking his practice swings. He's so focused on how that next shot could be better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that that translates a lot to the goal um, and to the goalie position. Um, it's really like, it's okay to, you know, uh, have a negative reaction at times outwardly with your teammates, but it's, it's totally fine. I think on every goal is to be upset with yourself um, and kind of release the way that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I don't think that that's a bad thing as long as, you know, a lot of people don't see it or, you know, you're kind of doing it with yourself. And then it's a replan of how, how we can fix this and then refocus on the ball. Awesome. Very well said. Well, Jack, I feel like we could talk for hours about the lacrosse goalie position, but I, I just have <laughs> I definitely can. <laughs> um, just a few quick ones. What, what is your stick set up these days? Um, so I'm uh, a warrior athlete. Um, so I, I use all of their stuff and I, I've absolutely loved it. Um, you know, I, I don't, uh, I don't change my stick a lot. Um, in college, I tried not to go through a ton of heads, but in the professional game, it's a little different, you know, playing in the summer, the heads get warped a lot. So, you know, the warrior stuff I've been able to use consistently um, you know, throughout an entire summer and even into, you know, the fall when you're doing the Team USA stuff. Um, so from a, you know, a head and shaft standpoint, I'm using all warrior stuff, um, like I said, which I love. And then the mesh that I'm using um, is like the the monster mesh, but it has the wax coating on it. Mm-hmm. Forget who makes it. Um, and I've absolutely loved it for rebound control. Um, I think I started using it when I was a sophomore uh, and just fell in love with it. 
Um, you know, I, I would, so it kind of goes back to my style was like, I, I was giving up a lot of rebounds when I was, when I was in high school, cause I could, right. We had a really good team. I think our goals against average, you know, we played in a competitive league on Long Island, um, in Suffolk County. And like our goals against average for the season was like four point something. Wow. Um, you know, so I couldn't get away with bad habits. Right. My defense was, was picking up those ground balls. So, uh, you know, that, that kind of translated into my, you know, my, my freshman fall at Brown as I was giving up a lot of rebounds and I was like, well, how can I, you know, use something that will help me with this. And, and the wax mesh um, was great. It takes a while to break in. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when it gets a little weathered, uh, it, it becomes the perfect mesh and it lasts a long time. Um, but I don't know how to string sticks, which is hilarious uh, to think about. No, so someone always has to do it. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah, it's funny, right? Like you can get to, you know, you can play a sport your entire life. And if you didn't have somebody to do it for you, you wouldn't be able to play. Um, <laughs> lacrosse is, lacrosse is, is really unique, um, you know, in, in that sense. Totally. Uh, one, one of the Twitter followers I have asked, what, what's the best place to eat in West Islip, New York? And, and what do you order there? Oh, that is now a we're very the heavy hitters. End of the end of the show. We get the heavy hitters. <laughs> yeah um best place to eat in west Isab is either cat tree deli or hometown heroes um get a little little different meals at both um cat tree deli they have a lion tamer it's called uh, amazing sandwich chicken cutlets bacon lettuce tomato coleslaw and ranch with some type of cheese um and then hometown heroes Amazing bread, really big sandwiches. I think it's called the, uh, the Chicken Cutlet Supreme. So it's chicken cutlet, ham, cheese, coleslaw, and I think that's it. But it's amazing. So those two places for sure. Yeah. Um, last question. If you had to leave the young goalies out there listening to this with one last piece of advice, what would that be? Yeah, I think – I think I, I tell this, it's not even goalie specific. So I, I guess I can give you one thing that's goalie specific and one thing that's just for any young players to just get out and play different positions and play different sports. Um, you know, I, I think one of the worst things that I've seen from a recruiting standpoint and, you know, just overall in the sport is the specialization of each position, right? I think there's, a, there's there are times for that, but at a really young age, you know, I think it's, we talked about it. It's important to play the other positions and, you know, increase your lacrosse IQ and play other sports and, and be athletic and just be an athlete. That's what college coaches are looking for yeah. um, is athletes. Right. Um, so I think definitely playing different positions and playing different sports is, is huge from a, you know, just overall youth and athlete perspective. And then from a goalie perspective, um, this is a tough question, but I, I think it's, it's get comfortable with kind of being uncomfortable. Um, I, I think that there are so many positions and every shot is unique and, and there are so many intricacies to the fundamentals of, you know, goalie play inside of the crease, but, you know, your role is, is much more, um, you know, than inside the crease, right? You're in the clearing game, you're in a leadership position a lot of times. So, um, you know, if you can prepare yourself and put yourself in all these different situations um, throughout practice and throughout the season, um, I think you're, you're, you're going to be that much, uh, you know, of a better goalie because if you're not comfortable, right, you're focusing on all the wrong things. So really just being comfortable with the uncomfortable, I think, is my piece of advice. Very well said. Jack, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, I, I remember when I was interviewing uh, Coach Chris Buck, he said after the show, he's like, you got to interview Jack Kelly. He's the real deal. And, uh, you know, after speaking with you, it's, it's so true. Uh, so thank you so much for your passion for the game and, and sharing. It's just such an amazing time in lacrosse right now when you got like the best goalie in the world, one of the best goalies in the world willing to spend an hour and just, just chat about the position. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, really appreciate it. No, of course. Thank you for having me. I had I had an awesome time, and like, like we said, I think we could talk about 
talk about this stuff for days, but uh, I, I really enjoyed being on. So thanks. Awesome. Take care. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed that episode with Jack Kelly, one of the sports top goalies. And I hope he recovers quickly and gets back out on that lacrosse field for the Redwoods next year. Uh, just a tremendous guy. You know, as I mentioned in the episode, he is definitely the real deal. And you can certainly tell with his mental mindset, you know, why he's achieved the level of success he has uh, in our sport. So that does it this week. Get out there. Get some work in. Be well. I'm Coach Damon. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson.